February 9th today. So some people are having winter, some people are having summer. You just never know on a global podcast. You may notice that we have a special guest here with us today. Some of you may recognize Miss Kate Toon from around the interwebs. Um, today we are going to be talking about SEO. And boy, can three little letters just bring anxiety and panic and stress, can't they? So hopefully uh, Kate's going to help us demystify things a little bit. The rest of us can get by, but every time we try and sound like experts on the subject, we always at walk away thinking like, was that the right answer to say? And Kate ends up sending Sarah nasty messages and stuff. It's <laughs> she did not. But I, the last time we did do an episode, I did. Um, I think someone in one of the groups told her that we had done the podcast. And I said, I hope we didn't say too many silly things. And she said, oh, there was a couple of things we could probably edit. And I said, you have to come on. And it's only taken us like six months to get her on because she's so amazing and famous and, you know, busy. So um, before we dive into this topic, I know this one's going to fill up our hour in no time flat. Let's, uh, let's go through and introduce everybody. Uh, Mr. Mike, you want to start first? Yeah, I can go first. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Mike Devitt, and I run my own web design company in Maidstone, Kent in the UK, which over the past few days has turned into Siberia. Um, I run this business with my son, Sam. Uh, we started by just building Divi WordPress websites, but now we create uh, WordPress sites using Understrap, Oxygen, Elementor, and of course, Divi. And you can find us at webdesignpro.co. I just heard a lot of swear words here on Divi chat, Mike. I don't know what, those, <laughs> no, what that was about. <laughs> that was a little bit of everything. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, we're so glad to have you here, Mike. And uh, Thanks, yeah, Stephanie. Tim just pointed out that I was using the wrong microphone, which I realized at the same time <laughs> makes me super mad. Remember that time when we did a show on technology and I used the wrong microphone for the whole entire thing? We were like literally talking about microphones and stuff. Anyway, Tim, tell the people who you are. Tim Streifler here, and uh, yeah, happy to be back on another episode of Divi Chat. I think I was off last week, uh, but yeah, should be back on uh, every week now. So you can find me online at divilife.com, where all my Divi plugins, child themes, tutorials, and layouts are, and wpgears.com, where I have the Divi Business Expert course with our good pal, David, who is not here, he's busy eating chicken pot pie. So he Most was not likely. able to be on today, but uh, we miss him. Uh, yeah, this is a great topic. Uh, this is one of those topics that we've had multiple episodes on and we could have just an unlimited number of episodes on because it's not an easy topic. SEO is complicated and it's not an exact science. And so, uh, yeah, super excited to hear what Kate uh, all the wisdom that she's going to bestow upon us and all no of our listeners today. So yeah, no pressure. <laughs> uh, Sarah, you're up. Hey guys, Sarah Oates from Endure Web Studios. Um, as you can see, I still haven't figured out this glare thing. I am in my new office. I have like a mirror behind me. I'm still figuring out what the heck's going on. So just ignore all of that. Uh, but you can catch me at endure.com.au with our new website this year and Endure Web on the socials. We do have an update coming very soon to announce a new person who is working with us who you very well may know because I did hire him from within the Diddy clan. So That's you will. We'll hear about that okay. in the coming, I don't know, couple of weeks once he actually gets me his little blurb. 
Yes, what I am talking to you. Get it through to me. I am Stephanie Hudson. I'm here repping Focus WP, where we help agencies and freelancers and small web shops scale and grow their business by offering white label services. We will maintain your clients' websites. We will help you with development tasks and even copywriting, and we won't take any of the credit. You just get to look like a superhero. So check us out, focuswp.co. Join us in our Facebook group, Focus on Your Biz, where we have a good gang of people over there. All these guys are in there. I think, I don't know if Sarah's in there or not, but she's not a Facebooker. Yeah, I'm just so busy. I, and I turn all my notifications off on mm-hmm. Facebook and all oh. of a sudden I dropped out of everything because- Yeah. They come and no join our that's all right. I'll, I'll let it go, Sarah. I know. I know you still love us. And uh, last but not least, uh, please introduce yourself, Miss Toon. Hello, everybody. Yeah, so my name's Kate Toon, and I'm the founder of Stay Tuned, which is a collection of digital education companies, uh, one of which is the recipe for SEO success, where I teach marketeers, e-commerce stores, small business owners, WordPress developers, how to grapple the Google beast and build sites that bring more traffic and more conversions. Love it. And you are, oh, sorry, Tim, what? Oh, I was just going to say that I wish I had a really cool last name like Tune. It is a fun name. There's so many many puns that you can incorporate. Stay tuned. I mean, come on. (laughs) Yeah, you know, at school I was called Looney Tune um, and that used to, you know, cause me drama. It's not the best. I've embraced it. I've embraced my Tune now. I wondered if you married into it, but no, that's your, that's your given name. Yeah. Uh, cause I was going to say, you wouldn't even need to love him. You could just be, do it for the name only, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, um, Oh, what else was I just going to say? Oh, so you are an Aussie, but you're not an Aussie. You live in Australia, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm British. Um, I grew up in, uh, near Manchester and lived, yeah, go the Brits. <laughs> and then I lived down. Soccer there. reference. Soccer reference. <laughs> I don't, it's football. Not soccer. Oh, sorry. So- yeah, it's football. <laughs> football um i blew I, it i totally blew it. i supported man united but just because they always won back then and not because they were any good and because david beckham was on there so well yeah that's a good but, but i've been in australia since 1999 so quite a long time now wow all right wow they've decided to keep you i guess yeah we get to so claim yeah um do you guys live near each other where do you guys live in similar cities i don't even know uh you're in sydney yeah where about an hour out and she's in you're in Canberra aren't you yeah 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 no so we're not that close but like you know just a few hours yeah oh London London to Leeds equivalent yeah nice I don't know what any of that means but sounds sounds great I'm glad to know that you guys so we have like an abundance of accents on today which is always lovely it's my favorite thing now let's start Yes, the sir. digital Buddha is in the house. He's in the oh, chat. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he is with us. Oh, he is with no. us. He's, his presence is there. <laughs> oh, good. I can't, at least he's somewhere where he can't be making DJ Buddha music <laughs> and stuff. Uh, anyway, let's start diving in. You guys in the chat, this is your chance. Uh, ask your burning SEO questions. We, um, Kate's going to give us a little quick primer, get us started. Uh, I told her we can skip past all the whys. You guys know why it's important to optimize your site. I mean, maybe if you want to just give a quick little intro, Kate, just in case somebody is a misconception, but for the most part, <laughs> kick us off and then we'll, we'll dive into a couple like tangents and things like that. 
Well, I think the, the, the good thing to kick people off with is a few is debunking a few of the myths. So even in the intro, there was a couple of things said that I was like, yeah, come on. Uh, I think that a lot of people think that uh, SEO is super technical. And even though you are web developers, that it is going to be beyond your reach. Also, people think that SEO changes all the time and that it's really, really hard to keep up with. Again, not necessarily true. There are some major updates that you need to be aware of. But really, the more it changes, the more it stays the same. So, you know, that kind of it's always changing is not a good excuse either. And I think, you know, I think a lot of people misunderstand what SEO is all about. A lot of people think it's like a checkbox to be ticked. People say, no, no I've SEO'd your website. I'm done. It's done. I did it. I installed Yoast. I didn't do anything mm-hmm. to Yoast, but I installed it. And then they're like, I've done your SEO. But SEO is for life, not just for Christmas. It's an ongoing exercise. Does that mean it's incredibly hard and you need to know every single thing that's happening every minute? No. But it does mean that you need to keep on top of a, a few things, which I'm going to talk about today. And as a WordPress developer, you have to make some decisions around what you want to have ownership over. Because SEO is vast. There is, you know, the tech SEO when you set up a site, there is ongoing maintenance, but there is a lot of other things involved in SEO. And you have to make a decision about whether you want to offer those as a service. And if you don't, you need to really educate your client that you are not doing those things. Therefore, they need to be doing them. Because I think there's a lot of misunderstanding of what is the role of your developer and what is your what is the role of other people. So I, I'd love to talk about that as well today. Yeah, I think there's also two things we can sort of which are very similar, but slightly different in the approach. And that is how can our listeners and viewers here use SEO to bring themselves more traffic in business? And how can they learn these skills in order to market them to their customers? Yeah. And how they price those and how they market those as well. Yeah. Yeah. Tim, did you have something? Oh, I was just going to say there was once upon a time in the early days of SEO where it was as simple as putting the keywords that you wanted to rank for in the background of your site like a thousand <laughs> times. And, and the just, footer. Yeah. And then just make it the same color as your background. White text on white background. Oh, and that, and that works. <laughs> you could literally fool search engines, uh, but it's it's not that easy. But I, I, I like, Kate, what you said that it's not exactly complicated um, and so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to dive into this. It's easy if you know how to do it, as well, my grandma you know, would say. It is. Well, the great thing about tech SEO, which is probably what we're going to talk most about today, is it is black and white. You know, there are no shades of gray. With keyword research, with content, with backlinks, there are shades of gray. But with the tech SEO, you fix it and it's fixed. It's not something you have to keep on fixing. So are those just the two? Or are there other elements that you would consider? So there's three core elements to SEO. The three. Technical. You already said this, didn't you? No, I didn't. Uh, oh, okay, good. <laughs> technical. So technical is around what platform you build your site on, where you host it. It's also around uh, responsiveness, crawlability, and speed. So those would all be considered technical aspects. It also covers mm-hmm. things like schema and AMP, which we can talk to as well. Then you've got content. That's the second pillar. So content is the words on the page, the keyword research, the videos, the images, those pesky alt tags, that's all content related. And then after that, there's backlinks, which is the third pillar, which is what you do off-site to drive traffic on the site. And then you could say that social media is the fourth pillar, but social media doesn't have a direct impact on ranking. Uh, it's, mm. it's, co- it's correlation, not causation. So if you have a lot of followers on Facebook, yeah, you're going to get more traffic. And that traffic may do things on your site that help Google rank you. 
but the traffic in and of itself is not a ranking factor. I'm going to need to pause for like five minutes for my brain to work out correlation, not causation. <laughs> for a minute. Just my brain just sort of went like, when you said like, I can't, I don't have it yet. Okay, no, I, let's. I have, oh, I was going to explain it, but never mind. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. Let's start with the tech then. I build a website. I don't know about you guys. I build a website and I tell my customers that I make it SEO ready is what I call it. Cause I don't want to take any claim for like, Hey, we're going to SEO your site. Or like you said, people say like I SEO'd it, which is past tense, which isn't really a thing. Like it's such an ongoing thing. And I don't want to give any misconceptions. I'm not a, you're going to get on page one kind of girl. So I say we get it. SEO ready is a little term I coined and uh, or phrase. So I do some of these things. I probably don't do all of them or the way you want, but things like having the, you know, I install up, I don't use you. I'm not a Yoaster but I've tried rank math and all in one. Do you have a plugin that you prefer? Do you yeah, back a plugin? Uh, so yeah, I mean, I can go through what the core things are that you need to do to make your site SEO ready. It's an interesting- Sure, let's thing. do it. Get your pencils out, kids. We're gonna take some notes today. <laughs> I think that's an interesting phrase because I'm not sure that exactly leaves the customer knowing exactly what they have to do next. It so, doesn't, no, that's kind of my uh, point though. Cause I don't yeah. know what they should do next. So I just make sure I'm clearing myself. It's a way yeah. to capitalize on SEO without actually really doing anything. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Sneaky. SEO ready. Um, so I think as a WordPress developer, your responsibilities definitely lie in advising the client about you know, a, using WordPress, I would, we could have a whole discussion about the other platforms. Um, they're all much better, but still I would say that WordPress has the edge. And then obviously you wanna give them advice around the theme. I'm a huge Divi fan, all my sites are built with Divi. Lots of people Aww. have issues with Divi though, and we need to be aware of those and address them. Load time, we can talk about that. But I think my opinion is for the, for the benefit of Divi, I will take a little bit of hit on load time. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. So that's that discussion done. Um, done. Over. You know, Thank you. Advice on <laughs> Tim's here. Advice. Pleased to hear that. Yeah. Um, advice on theme. Advice on hosting. So choosing a great host. Um, you don't need to necessarily have a host that has local servers necessarily, but you know, a, a host that has great customer service is my uh, my number one. Um, mm -hmm. And a host that um, obviously has capacity, so choosing a great host. We all have different hosts that we prefer. So those, are, I think, are definitely the remit of a good WordPress developer. I think you need to offer good advice around choosing a domain because choosing a domain is crucial. You know, if you pick a domain that is uh, that you can't get the country extension in or that someone else has already got a really strong presence on, you're going to be screwed from an SEO point of view. So helping people choose a good domain that they can also get across all the social media platforms. I like to use name checker to decide what domain I'm going to go. So if someone comes to you and says, I've registered, registered this domain, being brave enough to have a discussion with them about whether that was the right choice. I think that's mm -hmm. an important WordPress developer thing as well. So name those are the checker.com I don't have. What is what is name it? Name checker. So you just missed the E out, namechecker.com. Oh no R. Name so, checker should have done a little name checking. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so saying. Out. I got and it. Then, I'm there now, yeah. Yeah, you can maybe share that with your 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 people. And then after yeah. that, in terms of the build, I think you know it's important for WordPress developers to understand information architecture and structuring the site well. What should go in the navigation? You know, if it's an e-commerce store, it should be the, the store categories. If it's a service-based business, it's the who you are, what you do, 
why you do it better than anybody else, proof contact, you know, that kind of structure. Talking to them about the structure of the, the content, not just taking the content and whacking it in, you know. Um, whether the client provides keywords or not, we can talk about a bit later. But you're building the site. So now you're building the site and you need to think about the core plugins that you need to use to build the site. So from an SEO perspective, everyone thinks, oh, it's just the SEO plugin. And I am a fan of Yoast. And the reason, and I know that they have a bit of a bad rep recently, they've been a bit pushy with their ads and everything. The reason I like Yoast is I have tried all-in-one SEO. I migrated, there is Rank Math. There are lots of other up and coming ones. But my issue is plugin conflict. And Yoast actually sit on a board with WooCommerce and with a WordPress developer, WordPress representative and Google and someone from Backup Buddy and they talk about updating their plugin. So Yoast says, hey, we're gonna update our plugin. It's gonna impact you WooCommerce. So you better be aware of this. Hey, we're gonna, it's gonna, and they all discuss. Whereas Rank Math and all those others are not at that table. So- That's interesting. I, yeah, so the, the thing that I find, I have sites that have directories and memberships and subscriptions and if i use any other plugin than yoast something breaks hmm. and i just you know so that's, that's very interesting yeah. what uh what what seo plugin do you guys all use share in the chat yoast. Too, guys. i use yoast as well i've always used yoast i've never had a reason to yeah. use anything else and uh apart from what kate just said in terms of plugin compatibility i do want to say that the plugin that you choose isn't going to really make or break your SEO rankings. It's not like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I need to use Yoast because Kate said to use Yoast and you go and change everything yeah. and you're not going to see your rankings go up. It's just a tool That's and true. so there's preferences. But then I do like the plugin compatibility because I've never had an issue with plugin compatibility. And so I've never had a reason yeah. to, to try anything else. What do you use, Mike? Uh, well, I used Yoast up until about six months ago. And, uh, and you now quit I use... doing SEO? No, yeah, I quit the whole thing and run away. Uh, no, I then you know, moved again. across to uh, SEO Press. Yeah, um, SEO Press. Oh, I've heard good things about that one too. Yeah, it's it's not even about like how good or bad of a job Yoast does. I just don't like the interface. Like it was always clunky and weird to me. And little red light, yellow light. Uh, I don't know. Just well, I think that's a really important thing to touch on. So I've actually spoken at YoastCon and met Yoast and talked to him about it. And the first thing I said was that traffic light system sucks, right? And he's like, no, yeah, it really yeah. sucks. We hate it too. He said that people can't, people want simple instructions and people, you know, SEO is not a traffic light, but pe most people can't understand the complexities of SEO to go beyond that. So it's helpful to a degree. And, you know, it's there for the noobs. Like once you understand SEO, you don't even look at the traffic light anymore. Right. You don't care about it. But when you're brand new, it can be a useful guide to just check up tick off some cool things. So yeah, I mm -hmm. like Yoast. I don't have the paid version um, because all the things that the paid version offers you can get with other free plugins and I don't like paying for stuff because I'm tight. That. So that's an interesting- Because you're what? Because I'm tight. Oh, gotcha. Toit. Toit like a toyga? That's it. <laughs> Nobody ever gets that joke. Come on. I know that one now because you explained it to me. <laughs> it's from Austin so, Powers. Shall I keep going through the plugins? Yeah, let's yes. do this. Keep going. Okay, so Yoast Just ignore me. Keep going. Okay, I'll try. <laughs> Yoast is number number one. And then I think you need a really good security plugin. And I think you need a really good backup plugin. And they don't sound like they're anything to do with SEO, but they, they are. They don't. That was what I was just thinking. Yeah, but they are because if your site crashes or disappears, then that's going to heavily impact your ranking. You know, Google doesn't like that. Uh, 
Next or gets I'll cluttered have... with uh, like porn spam. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next thing I would have is as a, a good redirection plugin. So I like 301 redirects or redirection, just to be setting up your redirects when you're changing your URL. Don't some of the, doesn't Yoast have redirections in it? Some of the SEO plugins do. If you do the paid one. Do the paid one. Oh, the paid one, okay. Yeah, By the I way, like... just from the group, we've got Yoast, Nancy uses Yoast, Miro uses Yoast and Rank Math. Kylie Wallace in the house today uses uh, SEO Press Pro. Danny Green uses Yoast. Carlos used to use SEO Press as well. So yeah, it's a similar. John's using SEO Press Pro. So we got a couple pro users. And so yeah, pretty, pretty good little representation. Not too wild and crazy. Back to you, Kate. <laughs> Back to where she was up, actually up to, which was backups and security. Tell us more, Kate. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. Um, yeah, so after redirection plugin, I think I would probably get a really good image smushing plugin. So I like to generally optimize my images off site and then bring them in optimized. But I think WP Smush is a great little plugin or the tiny PNG plugin just to do that final little smush. But it's one of those plugins that you should switch off. So it's not constantly crawling your site and using up bandwidth. Um, and then a, a really great caching plugin. And that's going to depend on your platform. So I've tried a few different ones, WP Cache. I've tried a lot of different ones. Um, and again, that's a, Tim and I were talking earlier about compatibility with other plugins. It's going to depend on your site. But a really good caching plugin just to deal with all that, those JavaScripts and CSS issues that inevitably come with WordPress because every plugin has a CSS file, has a JavaScript file, the theme has CSS files, and that can be a real factor for slowing your site down. So those would be my core plugins. Big time. I love it. This has been very interesting because I would not have, like you said, I would not have assumed that this would be on your SEO list. It, like and it. Let me just point out that uh, a lot of times people think like SEO search engines and then like users and visitors are two separate things, but what's good for the user is good for SEO, like a fast website, a website mm -hmm. that doesn't crash, <laughs> a website that is uh, uh, secure, you know, all these different things. It's like, those are good things for users. And in turn, the search engines like it too. Yeah. And I mean, some of those things, the search engines have actually said, so speed is absolutely a factor. They've said that categorically, your site should be loading in under three seconds. And we're going to have a major update to the algorithm in May, which is all around core web vitals. So this is getting quite geeky, but core web vitals is about how the page loads. So we've all seen it when you have a site that wiggers and jiggers as it loads and you can mm -hmm. see it kind of forming. Divi, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to click on the button, but then uh, something pops up above it because that's just loaded. So yeah. that is going to become a major uh, factor. So Google refers to that as first colorful paint, FCP. And it's around trying to build a site that structures as the user sees it. So you have, to, you have to think about how you're gonna bring elements into the page, maybe doing some lazy loading, you know, thinking about the structure of the page so that the integrity of the page is there from the get-go and that things are filling in on the, on the, on the back end, you know? So, it, and, and obviously that comes down to a lot of optimization, you know, not having that horrific slider at the top of your page or some video or some, sexy wiggle or jiggle that you know you can charge a bit more for because the client's so impressed but it adds no value to the page so that's going to be a major factor speed is a huge factor and if there's one thing you can do to boost your seo ranking straight away it's chop some even half a second of your speed will make a massive difference 
So that's number one tip. Is it top tip out of the gate this early? Do we have top tip? Top tip. Top of tip. Speed your site up, and that's your best SEO tip. No, Man, <laughs> guys, we know how to do that. We didn't need yeah. Kate. We already know how to do that part. <laughs> that's it. Episode over. Thanks for coming. Done. Speed your site up. You guys are tough. This is. I'm, right, I'm writing that one. I wrote it down. I got it in my notes. Speed it up. I'm gonna need to lie down after this. You guys. Are I know. Um, yeah. Do you, just, do you just want to keep going, Stephanie, or shall I, shall I, uh, shall I come back? In? Listen, I feel like I'm interrupting you at will. So okay. by all means. Okay, cool. Oh, you want to ask these? Do you guys have anything to jump in? Do you want to put her in a direction? Are you guys happy? I, I would love to keep hearing from her. I think Steph um, I know. might have taken a bit of this digital Buddha stuff like this week. You've just grabbed the vibe off of David. <laughs> I need some glasses with no. Kate, I have an important question for you. Do those glasses have actual lenses in them? Yeah. Okay. Thank okay. you. Does anyone have a mute button for Stephanie? No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can give it to. So no, the next tip would be uh, around responsiveness, and I, you know, we all know that Divi does a pretty good job of this, uh, but I think you know, obviously, when we're developing sites, we develop them on our desktop, and we really don't think about. The responsive experience and we have to remember that google is now a mobile first platform so it doesn't even look at your desktop version at all so if you have widgets and images turned off on the desk on the, the mobile version that's what google's seeing so while we develop on desktop we should always be you know really thinking about the integrity of the mobile experience um, and and that's like really ensuring that we go through the whole flow can we purchase can we fill the contact form in have we got made a really bad drop down navigation that just is impossible to get our fat fingers over um, usability is becoming a huge factor so contrast of colors you know that gray text on a gray background adding maybe like a great usability plugin like useway useway is one that i'm i've just got hold of which is great and enables people to you know read text uh, using speech uh, things and all the other stuff. Contrast, enlarging fonts, it's really, really cool. Um, and then the next thing is crawlability. And I think this is where a lot of- Can, I, can I interrupt you again for one second? I just wanted to let everybody know we do have an accessibility episode coming up in one, two, three weeks. Three weeks, first week wow. in March, we're gonna have an episode um, on accessibility with another guest that's coming on. So cool. stay tuned yeah, for I that because it will help your SEO. It will. So Useway is, Useway is one that I like. Uh, the only issue is, is that it has a little burger menu, which sometimes sits over the top of your burger menu on the mobile device. You just have to mm. that. So, and then the next thing is crawlability. And that's, can Google get to every page of your site? Are you controlling the user experience? So, you know, one of the big issues with Yoast is that it makes a sitemap for everything for your media attachments, for your tags, for your categories, for your authors, and you need to switch those all off. You need to disable all of those. You really only need page, post, products. I wouldn't even recommend having category on because category is gonna interfere with your uh, category pages. So, you know, if you've got blog categories, often the blog categories are similar to your page categories, you know? So you, you don't wanna conflict because that could be a duplicate content issue. So, you know, using Yoast, uh, you can do a great sitemap. There are other plugins that do that too. You know, making sure your robots.txt file is correctly formatted and has the right disallow statements. Um, and then really being on top of your redirects. Uh, so that's something I see really bad. Google has a, an idea of crawl budget. So it will only crawl a certain amount of pages in your site. So often it's spending a lot of time crawling media attachments and tag archives. Mm. 
and then indexing those and it's not indexing your core pages. So really understanding crawlability. And I like to use, Sarah's done my SEO course. We like to use Screaming Frog to draw mm -hmm. down a big list of all the pages, especially if you're working on a, someone else's site. And then you really need to go through and do a bit of a shag, marry, kill on all the links. Do I want to keep this? <laughs> do I want to delete this? Do I want to redirect it? <laughs> Mike's appalled. Mike's appalled. Uh, but you know, going through, <laughs> going through that content audit, you know, another great thing you can do. Tip number two is reduce the number of pages in your site. Fewer. It's quality, not quantity. And often, whoa, yeah, when I start working with e-commerce websites, the first thing I do is try and get them to reduce their product line by about 20%. Because generally on an e-commerce website, it's 20% of the products that are making 80% of the sales and the rest is all dead wood. But it's all being crawled and love is going to those pages when it could be going to the core pages and the core products. So are you talking about, like, at what level are you talking about we're hitting too many pages? Because we've got people that have their five to seven pager with a blog that they publish once, twice a month kind of a thing. Like, those aren't the people that need to reduce their pages. No, You're talking no. about when it's getting massive, right? I'm talking about when it's getting big. But I think, you know, the thing that all of us should be able to answer straight away as either website owners or website developers how many pages does this site have? How many pieces of content are on the site? Like you should know that straight away. And quality content. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if you are, and the simple way to find that out if you don't want to use Screaming Frog is just to type site colon and then your domain into the into Google and it will come no back. Space. Yeah, it will come back and say, you have 285 pages post product. And you should know if that's correct or not because if it's, if it's way higher, then something's being crawled that shouldn't be. You've got some kind of weird author archive or typo archive. If it's way lower, then you've accidentally blocked something either at the page level or in the robots.txt. This but is another really good tip, you guys. That's yeah, so easy to do too. Yeah, everybody yeah. go do it right now who's watching. <laughs> yeah. After let us know, what's your numbers? <laughs> you can keep listening. Keep listening. Just let us know your numbers. So that, you know, those are the core things. So we've talked about plugins. We've talked about hosting, speed, responsiveness, crawlability then you get into the sketchy stuff the harder stuff the amp and the schema now i'm not sure you want to go there so i'll hand back oh to we you. want to go there take it <laughs> take hey. us on this journey kate we're ready or we could so, go do a course and properly learn about it yeah, <laughs> so trust me this is just gonna make people want to take our course well, I hope <laughs> um amp is an interesting one so amp accelerated mobile pages so um yeah. google's way of presenting content that's totally stripped back so you know if you see an amp page you'll generally see it in your mobile carousel you know if you're looking it's at ugly websites yeah it. well they're just plain text it's like plain text yeah. email so it strips out everything but there are plugins they're called things like wpm that will mm -hmm. allow you to bring some elements back in. So bring color back in, bring your logo back in. Really AMP is only useful for sites that are regularly publishing content, uh, blogs. It's not necessarily something you would have on a small business site or an e-commerce site. Because with an e-commerce site, you need the pictures and you need the video. Right. You don't want to strip back things. So you'll generally see it on news and magazine uh, publication sites. So that's AMP, very easy to implement. People really get confused about it, but it's, it's really straightforward. Schema is a lot more complicated, and I know that most WordPress developers just avoid it altogether. So you can implement some basic schema now with the free version of Yoast, which is great. And also, mm -hmm. if you get the paid version, they 
have schema for uh, e-commerce schema and local schema. So for those that don't understand, because maybe lots of people don't, schema separates things from strings. Yeah, so what that means is, this is a correlation conversation. Love a rhyme. Yeah, mm -hmm. love a rhyme. So Google is pretty good at working out context. It launched an algorithm update called Hummingbird, which says, look, if I see a price and I see a dollar sign, then I'm gonna guess that this is something I can buy. If I'm looking at a piece of content about a pizza restaurant, they're probably gonna use words like dough and, and tomato and mozzarella. So pretty, Google's pretty good at that. But what Schema does is it says, hey, Google, this is the price. This is the location. This is the product description. It labels stuff for Google, which makes Google be able to go into your page and pull that information out and put it into the search results really quickly. So, you know, when you do a search for a product and in the search engine results, you can see the price, the availability, all straight there, that's schema. Our so, average stars for reviews. Yeah, which is hugely powerful for click through and whatever. So plugins like WooCommerce have schema baked into, into the plugin. You don't need to do anything. That's why WooCommerce is pretty good. It's expensive, but it's good. Um, if there are other types of schema though, there are about 50 different types of schema. There is book schema, event schema, local schema, all these different types. So local schema would be things like your address, your phone number, your business name. So Yoast does some of that, but there is other plugins, usually called things like WP Schema. They're really inventive. Mm -hmm. um, and you can enter that information into the plugin, and then you can test it via Google Schema testing tool. Do you, have a, do you have a plugin that you like other than Yoast uh, for I, that? I use W, I think I use one, the one that's called Schema. So WP yeah. Schema, yeah. Cause I have one that I was using on a client site and it like expired, they didn't renew it or something like that. And I was thinking like, is that the best one to use or should I? Yeah, I mean, Yoast now has it baked into the free version. So that makes it a lot easier. And most small business websites, all they need is the local schema. They don't need any more than that. E-commerce store, you're probably using WooCommerce. So it's got baked in. So we don't need to overthink it. The thing with What about schema, a web shop? What's a web shop? Like people who yeah, build websites. Too our folks in the chat and things like that build websites for other people. So that would be a, a local like an agency or a freelance thing. I, well, mine's not local. I mean, I do a lot of stuff everywhere because we work on the internet, but it's still a business. So it's business schema, which is local schema. So whether you want to, okay. Be so that's the local, same thing. Same okay. Thing. So service-based businesses, generally it's just local. There isn't a lot more, but if you've got recipes on your site, or you're running events, then you would need to get your head around, or you've got a book that you publish, then you'd need to get your health around those other schemas. But the thing that happens a lot is that people go into Google Search Console and they get these kind of schema errors and they freak out. So mm -hmm. one of the things I think is kind of behooven on WordPress developers is to understand the terminology because most of those things that you come up in Google Search Consoles are warnings, they're not errors. It says things like, oh. you know, schema OG name missing. And it's like, that's because it's not relevant to you. It's not relevant to your site. But people will go into Google Search Console. This is the problem with having clients that are slightly educated. They'll go in, they'll see that, and they'll go, Tim, you broke my site. It says my schema's not working. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, it is. That's actually got, it's a warning. It's not an error. And also it's not relevant to you because you don't need that. But you have to have the understanding to be able to do that. So Yeah, yeah I've, I've seen a lot of those and I get, I'm like, I'm never quite sure 
how to like what's the most like is this crucial or not yeah that's yeah. good to yeah. know. i think i think clients get a lot of the emails as well and they, mm-hmm. they, they tend to send them through don't they and they're like yeah oh my god i've just had this email from google saying that my <laughs> uh, clickable elements are too close together and <laughs> <laughs> what do i do what do i do yeah. well, google i'm in trouble with google because we that's we tend terrifying. to say to yeah, it is. And if you if you look after your client sites and you say to them, I've you know, we've updated your site. There's no there's nothing. Uh, Google's uh, not reporting any manual actions, um, any security issues on your site. So as soon as they get an email, they're like freaked out. Like, oh, my God, Google's on the back. Yeah, and I think the great thing is if you if you as a business owner are on Google Search Console, you'll probably get that warning straight away. And then you can go out to your audience and say, hey, you've probably got this. This is yeah. what it means. And then that builds up the trust with you. Okay, he's got it. He's maintaining it. He's looking after that. Or she's looking after that. He's on it. <clears throat> yeah, I just get the, do I need to worry about this emails? Yeah. Mine don't okay. usually freak out. They're Because they know there's so much like panic emails that go out. So they don't usually freak out too much. Um, just really quickly, Russell Horton is in the chat and he said, this is so useful. Thank you guys. So that's a little positive feedback. And he said a big hello to his fellow Brits on the panel. So I don't Hi, know Russell. if Kate, Speaking Kate, do you consider of... yourself a Brit? Oh yeah. Okay. Speaking of the chat, uh, Christian has brought up a really good point, uh, regarding, uh, schema, rich snippets, whatever you want to call it in reference to click-through rate. So for example, he talked about FAQ. Sometimes that can actually not be good for click-through rate because the user will get the answer without ever having to click over to your page. Any thoughts on that, Kate? Yeah. Oh, well, this is one of my favorite topics. And obviously it's a, oh, hot, good. Topic. It's a hot topic in Australia at the moment. So since the advent of featured snippets, for those of you who don't know what they are, they are, they're actually not related to schema necessarily. So I just want to clear that up. So featured oh, snippets, sit, good to know. they sit at position zero. So they sit above the ads, above the local pack. They're like, they are the number one result or position zero result. And there's different types of featured snippets. So you get featured answers, featured lists, featured videos, featured images. And then you also get FAQs are slightly different. So the problem with featured snippets is they're amazing because you're in position zero, you're getting all the eyeballs. You will only be chosen for a featured snippet if you're already ranking on the first page. And you used to have both, like if you were ranking position four, you would also get the featured snippet. Great, now you only get the featured snippet. So your fourth place ranking goes away if you have the featured snippet. Mm-hmm. Now, usually if you're in position one in the organic results, you'll get 33% of the clicks. But with position zero, it can be as low as 3% or 7%, exactly to Tim's point. I got my answer, I don't need any more. So it's a challenging one. And this is why in Australia, we have this whole issue with the news corporations and the government saying to Google, you need to pay us for our content because we are giving you these little snippets of news and people aren't clicking to to our site and therefore they're not seeing the ads and we live or die by our ads. But it's true for small business as well. I have the featured snippet for how much should a copywriter charge? And the rates come up in that featured snippet. And so, yeah, hopefully people will go, well, this is great. I'm going to read the rest of the article. But sometimes yeah. they won't. Google, Google did exactly what it tells us not to do. It tells us not to scrape, not to steal content. And it scrapes and steals our content because it doesn't care about us. It cares about mm-hmm. the end user. So schema doesn't influence that. Featured snippets are driven more by the content on your page. FAQ schema, to Tim's point, is slightly different. So that's when you ask a question 
you get the featured snippet, then underneath you get a little panel of sub questions. So mm -hmm. they can be pulled through. Or when you put an article up and you put FAQ schema into the article, you'll get your listing, your organic listing. And then underneath you'll get all the questions that you've uh, addressed in that article as subheaders underneath that. So you can have a listing that's like that long. If that's the baller it. one. That's, that's why the it's baller. Good. Exactly, yeah. That's the so baller. Schema doesn't- question, Christian. I can see Nancy's question as well. So schema, does schema increase SEO? So we've got to change our mindset. SEO is the process of doing the thing. What we're trying to increase is our ranking and our traffic and our conversion. So does schema increase ranking? No, it won't influence where you rank, but when you do rank, it will influence how good your result looks. And that will therefore influence click-through, which influences traffic, which influences conversion. I know it's a bit of a weird one. Oh. It doesn't have any, like adding schema won't make you go from position seven to position one. It will just make your position seven listing look better. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. This is awesome. Keep it coming. We're like, this is crushing it. Hold on. There was one other question, wasn't there? Danny asked a question earlier. I got to scroll back up and see what it was. Uh, and there's a question about alt tags. I'm happy to answer that one if you want. I want to get to that. Uh, okay, Danny asked, I'd love to know the must-haves to include in your contract when you are offering SEO. Okay, great. She said, you know you're not a lawyer, you just play one on TV, so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> no, but I think this leads to the next, this next kind of part of what we wanted to talk about, wasn't it? Offering SEO as a service. So I'm really quickly cover off the alt tag thing. Yeah, let's um, do that. There are plugins that will help you manipulate alt tags, but you have to understand that there are like say 200 factors that Google looks at. Alt tags are a half of a half of a half of a half of a one of those, you know? Huh. Adding alt tags is not gonna make a whole big difference to anything. Primarily, we should be using alt tags for uh, usability issues, you know, like helping people who can't read, see the page, read the page for screen readers. And then, yeah, we can- That makes me happy to hear that. Yeah, it's not a big factor, you know, people- Well, because like that was put there for people who had disabilities, people who needed screen readers, all that stuff. Like that's why it was an alt. And that's one of those just stupid things that everybody started jamming their business name in there and all that yeah. other kind of crap. That's to me, that's like the, uh, uh, like a black hat thing that still hangs on. You know, like no, those old like stuffing keywords and everything. Like yeah, it still happens I mean, in alt tags. It's not it's not black hat by, by any means, but it is a bit pointless. I mean, yeah name the image intelligently, make it both descriptive of the image, but also if, if it's descriptive, probably it's gonna have some keywords in anyway, you know? Yeah. So, but ramming, you know, the word balloon in every keyword, cause you sell balloons is in alt tag is not gonna make any difference. So mm -hmm. I think people worry about these things too much because they don't wanna deal with the hard stuff, like the speed and the crawlability yeah. and the schema. And they're like, no, I can do alt tags. They're easy. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they don't make a big difference. So yeah, in terms of offering SEO as a service, I think I would not be happy to call my, because I used to be a WordPress developer, I wasn't a very good one, but I would not put a site <laughs> out into the world that didn't have an SEO plugin, a security plugin, a backup plugin, an image optimization plugin, and a redirection plugin. I would not do that. I would not put a site out into the world that I hadn't looked at the sitemaps, optimized them, looked at the robots.txt, and then I would be very clear with the client around adding content and their responsibility for who adds the title tag and the meta description, because they are the two most important bits of your SEO content. And yet often they're left up to the web dev. 
you know, and you just write any old shit in there because you don't know what to put in there. And yet that, and that's going to have a huge impact. So you need to really educate the client that unless they have an SEO copywriter, that you're going to put whatever in there and that's going to impact their SEO because that's not your job unless you want it to be your job. And if you do, I think you should charge for that. Not the implementation because we know that takes five minutes on, you know, the bulk editor in Yoast. But thinking about what you put in there, that's hugely important. As Sarah knows, we spent a whole week talking about keywords in the course and a whole week learning how to... It was the hardest week. I found it like as someone who is quite technical that week just about broke me but it was very very helpful <laughs> equally yeah. and i need to redo that's it that's not black and white you know to tim's point earlier about what's black and white that is not black and white that's t- tricky so i don't think we should own that i think we should step back from that and then after that you know that is really your role in seo done you're going to maintain the site you're going to keep all the plugins up to date you're going to stop it crashing you're going to stop it being hacked but in terms of that's got not that's nothing to do with seo Ongoing SEO is writing great content, it's keyword research, and it's building backlinks. And if you want to. just like, asked about link building. Let's chat about yeah. that a little bit. Like, if you Just before you go on, can I just ask one question? If you were going to label what you would call essential for setting up a website, what would you label that in terms of saying, like, obviously, Steph said that she calls it, what do you say, SEO ready? Uh-huh. But if you're going to label it as, what that is which is not I mean I often call it basic SEO but it's probably not even basic SEO like what would you label it in terms of saying this is what I provide as a part of building a website do you have a name for that I think I think the thing is it is just part of giving a website like you can't separate yeah. Yeah. like I could not it's like when copywriters say I can write your website copy but I don't do SEO well then that's not website copy so I would say that you're building a website and yeah it, and that's included and that's included there's not a separate i hate it when wordpress developers say here's your website and here's my seo package which is blah 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 yeah how can those two things be separate what is the point of having a website if it's not found on google google is the internet 95 percent market share in australia 85 percent worldwide so i don't think you can separate the two and i definitely don't think that should be part of your pricing tiers you know even if you don't separate it though i think it's still nice to include it in yes. your offering. So use it as a selling least. point, not as an option. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. yeah it's That's always exactly. a selling point. It's part of the foundation. Your website's the foundation of your business. And most people, who do you ask that say, I don't want to be found in Google? It's it's <laughs> it's rare that somebody says that to you. <laughs> if they do, they're, they're a fool. You know, like yes. some people say, no, I don't need Google. It's all word of mouth. And you're like, yeah, but how are and still typing your business name into Google. I type Nike into Google, and that's the shortest URL in the world, but I can't be bothered <laughs> to type the .com, you know? So, <laughs> so we yeah. all do that. But I think at the very least, it's it's the, it's the you know, thinking about the good advice we hosting, good advice we domain, the plugins that, you know, the enabling the elements in Yoast, not just installing it, the, and then explaining the other bits. You know, the content- There's something about, about this to Kate though that makes me think you keep like we keep referring to this as a developer job and I I think this is where a lot of um our listeners our audience uh, this is where I really want you guys to elevate yourselves think bigger any code monkey can build a WordPress site to look 
this way or that way. This is where you start becoming a consultant to your clients. This is where you are taking this to the next level because I don't think these things actually are required to build a website. These things are required to best serve your clients though. So I think like if we keep thinking in that way, then that's when you can start charging more money. That's when you start getting better referrals because your clients are getting better results. Like everything is better if you start to have that mindset of including these things. It's because people think that they want a website, but they don't actually want a website. They want more phone calls. They want more people walking into their store. They want this, they want that. And SEO is a huge part of how they get that goal, whatever that goal may be. Yeah, I mean, Uh I oh. Oh, sorry. Kate, there's a petition going through the live chat right now to make you a permanent panelist. They want to keep her. <laughs> we keep her. <laughs> they said, can we keep her? We like her. <laughs> I think that you're so right. I think, you know, the people that I work with, the suppliers that I work with are the ones that challenge me. They don't just take my crappy keywords and knock me up a site, but whatever price yeah. I say, they're the ones that come back and say, do you understand this? And do you understand the implications? And if you can be the leader because as you said, Tim, people aren't just buying a website. They're buying, they're wanting you to soothe their pain, take away their stress, do something they can't do and make their business better. And so therefore you need to challenge them and say, look, I can do what you've asked me to do, but that's not going to solve your problem. But that takes some bravery as a business owner because mm-hmm. you're like, they can walk out the door. But the truth is they should walk out the door. They can go and get a website on Fiverr for $300 and then they'll be back in six months when they need to, you know? With their tail between their legs, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So I think that's what you need to have a baseline. And I don't think it's an SEO add-on. I think it's, it's as Mike said, it's part of your offering. But then what could be SEO add-ons are things like doing keyword research if you want to. But again, that doesn't often go well with a technical mind because it's quite often the right side of the brain thing. It's quite creative and it's not black and white. You could offer obviously content writing again. You can outsource that stuff though and still make it an offering for your clients. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can offer obviously another great offering, which I know a lot of members of Digital MasterChefs offer is audits. So reviewing sites and finding out the problems and fixing them. And then obviously they pay for the fixes. Backlinks, look. Oh yeah, that's where we're headed. Yeah, even as an SEO consultant, backlinks are very thankless. I'd, I'd compare backlinks to PR. So in PR, you know, you've got a story, the press person writes a media release, they send it out to the media, and you get nothing. You get nothing at all. They've done all the work, they've written the thing, they've sent it out, they can bill you for the hours, but you don't get the results. And SEO can be a bit like that too. Once you've fixed all the technical problems, You've chosen your keywords and you've optimized the pages. You're done with the site. You can't keep fixing the site. The site is fixed. You're going to add new content, but hopefully you're going to add it in an SEO-friendly way. After that, it's all about what you do off-site. So, you know, Sarah is on a podcast and she gets a bio and that is a link in that back to her business. Brilliant. Backlink. Fantastic. And that can happen very naturally and organically if you're just putting yourself out there, being on podcasts like this, having a presence. If you're not and you're like a small WordPress developer, how do you get backlinks? Well, it's pretty hard. You can't buy them (laughs) against Google's rules. And if you get caught, you could get a manual penalty. Um, So you have to try and earn them. And so, you know, lots of WordPress developers will put their link in the bottom of every website that they build. Um, 
which is not necessarily a great thing to do because Google doesn't like sites, doesn't like thousands of links from a single site. That looks like dodgy to Google. It likes single links from single sites. So if you're going to put your backlink into interesting, website, only put it on the homepage would be my recommendation. Don't put it in the footer of every single page, which may mean you need to have a, a different footer module for your for your homepage than others. But that's fine. Not and so Divi um, makes that really simple now. So if you're using the Divi Builder and you're using the new editor, what you can do is you make your global footer, and then what you do is you just make a homepage version. And so you just disable global for the homepage version and the homepage one is where you put the link in. So they make it really easy. The only thing you have to remember or you have to teach your clients is if they want to update the footer, they need to update both the normal one and the homepage one, which makes it one extra step for them, but it's still much easier than it ever used to be with Divi. So if you're using the um, Divi builder module or whatever it's called, um, it's really easy these days. Oh, great. The theme builder, you mean? Or the... Yeah, the theme builder. If okay. you're doing like the, using the theme builder to build your footer. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Hey, uh, Kate, I've got a question for you. Um, and it regards NAP. Yeah. So uh, for anybody that does I'm a huge fan. Of NAP, yeah, of napping. <laughs> uh, so for anybody who doesn't know that, that's name, address, and phone number. And it's always been a really key part of... Uh, the 200 things that Google checks about a business. So it's looking for trust. It's looking for, it's looking to see that your business is bona fide. And so wherever you've got your name, address and phone number, it should be consistent. So as soon as you create your website and then you go off and create your Facebook business page and your Google My Business page that you need to have consistency across that. And then what happens is that your website gets crawled by a load of business directories. You suddenly start appearing in business directories and um, and then you decide to change your phone number but you change your phone number on facebook and google my business and your website but you've forgotten that there's all these business directories that have crawled your site and have got the old number so therefore your ranking may drop now there was an interesting uh, webinar by scm rush at the weekend uh, talking about google my business and some of the takeaways that that they 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 took from um, just using a Google website and Google My Business and trying to build a local um, cafe, um, trying to build ranking in a local cafe. And one of the things that, that the takeaways that they took from this anecdotal study was that the um, NAP was, um, whilst it was still, still important to do it, it didn't have as much of a ranking factor as it used to have. I just wondered what you thought about that. Yeah, no, so I, I call it NAPUI because I also Napui. think URL, NAPUI, URL and email address are important as well. So name, address, phone number, <laughs> address. So uh, NAPUI. So yes, there was a, an algorithm update called Pigeon. They're always given stupid names, which really took away uh, a lot of the impact of address uh, in local searches. So really these days, you know, people often shove local keywords into their website. You know, they, they, they try and get the word Wollongong in every single page. That has zero impact on your... Serving uh, our customers in this, this, and this. That doesn't yeah. work? Not really, no. I don't Maybe. do it. It always seems corny, but people talk about that. Like, I yeah. hear people saying, like, we really should do that. So for local SEO now, as you mentioned, Mike, it's all about the Google My Business page like 99% of it is about Google My Business. So we're talking about services that you offer. 
I had on finishing that point, I think you should also set up their Google Analytics and I think you should set the verify them on Google Search Console. I think that should be part of your package, not an add-on. Google My Business, I would say is an add-on. I would say, look, we can set up your Google My Business page for you. We're gonna add your opening hours, your address, some photos, we can do that for you and link it back to your site. We can set up a UTM code for your Google My Business page so you can see how much traffic is coming yeah. from that. Brilliant. But that's where the action is. It's all about your Google My Business. And then, of course, consist exactly what Mike said, consistent NAPUI in your footer, on your contact page. And also, if your contact page is also kind of talking about your location, don't just have a, a form and an address. Have more stuff. Have directions on how to get, like if you are serving people at a, a cafe, how do I get to that cafe? What bus routes go by? What's the nearest train station? Can I park anywhere? And then give directions as well, like, like men like directions, because men and women like directions in different ways, yeah? So if you say it's, it's opposite the post office and down the road from the, the supermarket, then what that does is that really helps with Google near me searches. You know when you type in near me? Mm -hmm. Google maybe has the post office is recognized with its geolocation the post office is close and it looks for sites that have identified as being close to the post office so your your contact pages should have consistent NAPUI a good form remember the fewer <laughs> fields the better every time you add a field to your contact form you reduce the chance of it being filled in by like 10 percent um and then directions opening hours and even if you're, if you're a garage or like a dentist, you can even do something cute that say like, we buy our coffees from Bob's coffee shop down the road, mention the dentist and get 10% off your first coffee, things like that. Like be a bit inventive and really, really press home to Google that you are a genuine local business. Cause that's all it's trying to do. Previous to Pigeon, you know, you could type in like, uh, you know, dentist Sydney and it would be bringing people back from like Newcastle and all around. And, that's great for them, but really, I don't want to travel all that way. If I'm going to use a location search, I want someone in the location. And it's really mm -hmm. negative experience to go to the site and find they're not really there. So, yeah, NAPUI is important. Google My Business is super important. That's a brilliant add-on that make, positions you as more than just a code monkey, you know, that you're going to help, help with the, all the Google things and have this holistic approach to the site. Yeah. And so if you were selling NAPUI, how, how would you sell that, though? I Just as say, part of the Google My Business? Yeah, I'd say, I'd, 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 I'd say this is the core site. You get all of this stuff. And, I'm, and as a bonus, we're going to set up your Google Search Console and your Google Analytics because it takes five minutes when you know what you're doing. Right, right, right. Yeah. I would have a localization package. And in my localization package, I'd say, hey, we'll set up your Google My Business and we'll, we'll really enhance your contact page or your local page. If you've got more than one location, we'll create a separate location page. You know, and I'd... In Australia, maybe I'd charge like, I don't know, $597 to set up a Google My Business page, maybe $997 if you're going to optimize a page as well. Um, and you just explain the benefits of that, that it's going to really help with your local optimization. And then, you know, you really encourage the business owner to get lots of reviews on their Google My Business page. Google says reviews aren't a ranking factor, but they massively influence click-through rate. So if you have five reviews and the person below has one, who they're going to click, you know, mm -hmm. and then encourage them to get the Google My Business app on their phone so they can respond to all the reviews. They can add pictures. They can you can add products, videos, offers all to your Google My Business page now. 
Um, and it's amazing, you know, it's a free resource from Google and yet it's so underutilized. So I think that's an excellent add-on that you can offer for people. Guys, oh. whose head is ready to explode right now from all this <laughs> amazingness? Thanks, Kate. Kate, did we, did we finish up the backlinks? Did you say all that you needed to say on that? There was some I, question about no follow links or something in the chat. Is it, I mean, I know you just got to get out there. I've actually... Um, enlisted the help of somebody who approached me and asked what she could do. And I said, well, what do you like to do? And she's like, that was one of her things. So she's been going out and some, like trying to get guest blog posts and get me on podcasts and stuff like that. So I have somebody helping me do those things, but this is new territory for me. I don't know if you guys are into that, that stuff. That's a great way to approach it. Cause what you're doing there is you're raising your profile and the consequence of that is a backlink. And that's the way to do it, not to build backlinks primarily but to raise your profile and get back links no follow do follow just on that quickly you don't need to worry about that too much if it's a paid ad generally they're no follow but we now believe that google takes notice of the no follow links as well uh, so it's not that big of a deal don't worry too much about oh i need to no follow all the links out of my site it's nonsense just that's build good the link okay that's good to know listen yeah. we're just at the top of the hour of our hour here so um to wrap up everything. I mean, we have been, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming. Mm. I've learned a ton. I know the chat has been super serious. Usually there's a lot more goofing around in there. <laughs> Everybody's been like taking this, just soaking it all in. So I appreciate that. Uh, tell tell our audience how they can learn more from you, where, where to find out about your course, things like that. Um, well, hope maybe Sarah could share a link in, in the group. My group is called I Love SEO on Facebook, uh, I love SEO. And you probably won't when you join the group, but you might when you've been in it for a bit. <laughs> that, that, that's the best starting point. You get my free course when you join, which is called SEO Nibbles, not nipples, nibbles. And then <laughs> you can decide how far you wanna go down the rabbit hole because SEO is vast, but the truth is that most sites don't need the level of SEO that some people are talking about. Most sites haven't done the basics that we've talked about today. And if you can get the basics right, you're doing a great service to your clients and they're gonna walk away happy and they're gonna recommend you. You don't need to learn the super advanced stuff because most sites don't even need it. That's great news because I don't want to. <laughs> I think I would love to just give a shout out to the course. The course is one of those things where I spent a couple years umming and ahhing because it's, it's not a cheap course. But I spent a couple of years umming and ahhing and just kind of following along like what was happening and like getting little bits of help here and there um, from the group. But then um, I did have a big drama that did happen and it just about killed me um, and it, it pushed me over the line. But it made me realise I wish I had have done it a long time earlier. Um, for me, the course was something where and there's tons of courses around. Of course, you can look at there's tons of courses. One of the great things about Kate's course is that you get access access to her. So during the course, there's um, times where you can ask specific questions about your own stuff. So for me, I just spent time looking at my own website. I still need to go back and finish elements of the course. I need to do the local part of the course that's available. But for me, having that access to someone where I could say, I don't understand this thing. And then I could get a direct answer from someone who really un understands SEO. That was super useful. So I know this sounds like an advertising, but I guess I just want to say, Sometimes you do need to spend money to make money. Um, and for me, taking that plunge, there were things that I had done on every single website that I had to go and fix after I did the course. And it was like, oh, my gosh, this is the basic stuff that I should have known <laughs> as a part of building websites and I didn't know it. 
Um, and yeah, I'm not doing all the super advanced stuff yet, but just learning some of that really basic stuff that I really should have known. And then having access to someone was super valuable. So I know it's a lot of money if someone's considering it and they're not quite sure whether to go down that track, but I would say for me, yeah, really valuable. How's that for a testimonial, Kate? Thank you. And I do have a a lower cost course, which literally just focuses on WordPress SEO. So if you don't want to learn all the stuff, it just focuses on the setup component. And I think you're right. There are so many SEO courses, but courses live or die by the support. And also if you get with mine, you get lifetime access and all future updates. So every time SEO changes, you get the new. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm a good person. It seems like it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again so much for coming. You guys, if you're uh, listening on your podcast app, give us a thumbs up. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button. It means a lot to us and we would love it. To hear from you, you go to ratethispodcast.com slash Divi chat and sling us a little five-star review. Show us that you care. It means a lot to us. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Take care. Bye-bye.